And I, I pray that today's message is going to uh, saturate your soul. It's going to cut and divide and do what, what the, the great physician does best. He's going he's gonna to cut off things that don't need to be. He's going to challenge where it needs to be challenged. And we're going to grow and go further than we've ever been before. Are you ready? Whew. See, it's time to change. Everybody say change. See, I'm glad you're with me because it's okay to shout in church. Don't be shouting everywhere else but church. It's okay to shout in church. Hey, love, you joined the front row. I love you. Um, <laughs> shout change. Okay, so we got to change. And, 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 and that's the reality of it. Change is good. <clears throat> we, we think that it's bad. Some people get, get crazy about change. Some people are, uh, they don't deal with change well. When it changes their environment, they, I think because we're so used, uh, we're freaks of nature, of habit, and so we're so used to certain things being a certain way, we're afraid of change. Because then we can't put our hands in it and do it the way we want to do it because then we lose control. And isn't that what we need to do anyways, lose control so he can take control? I mean, isn't that what faith does anyway? Because if I plan out every little step, then I don't need God. I mean, what, I mean our, 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 our relationship with the king is based on faith. If I'm always doing what I'm doing, then why do I need him? And that's the stuff you've got to think about in your own personal life. I need him daily. God, you're going to direct this step and this step and that step. So I need him all the time. Listen, there is nothing more powerful than a changed mind, church. Nothing more powerful than a changed mind. You can change your hair, and a lot of people change their hair a lot. You can change your clothes. You can change your address. You can even change your spouse. You can change your church. You can change your residence. But if you don't change your mind, the same experience will keep going over and over and over again. You can change everything else, but if this does not change, you will experience the exact same thing over and over because everything on the outward changed, but nothing on the inward changed. There is nothing more powerful than a changed mind. We got to change. We have to change. Ever changing. I think too many times as Christians, we get into a place where we're so grown as a, you know how kids say, I'm, well, I can't wait till I'm grown. I'm out of here. But the problem is, is we have Christians saying the same thing because they just reached a spot in their life. They feel like they're grown and don't need to change in their walk with God. They've just, you know, uh, been through life and been through experiences. But the thing is, is we need to change. We need to be changing. The, the, like I've said many times with Remnant Church, the method will always change, but the message of, of Jesus Christ will always stay the same. There might be a method that we have to change to reach somebody. Just one. One of those invite cards is just going to, it's just going to be for the one. Just like, like Thursday. We didn't get to put it on there online, but how about this? One student gave their heart to the Lord Thursday. Just because it wasn't seven didn't mean that the one wasn't important. That was hungry and walked up to it. And it wasn't even like a, a natural, like, you know, like a uh, who wants to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. It was somebody after the service was over, kids were playing basketball. They walked up to leaders and was hungry and wanted to, almost to a place of like, uh, you forgot to ask if I needed to be saved. So I'm going to go ahead and let you know I need saved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody's hungry. But we got to change because if not, we're going to go through the same old motion. I'm going to read something. It's going to take me just a few minutes. It's not much. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 through 17. 
bear with me on this. Now, no chastising seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields a peaceful, peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight the path of your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Somebody say healed. Man, be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the glory of God. Lest any root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicators and profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food, a single meal, a single bowl of soup, sold his birthright. For you know afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no peace for repentance, no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Let me say that again. For you know afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance though he sought it diligently with tears. Wow. He was supposed to have it. It was meant to be his. It was laid up for him. And yet he did not inherit the blessing. He was rejected, church. For he found no place of repentance. If you've got a Bible, underline repentance. He found no place for repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Church, there is nothing more powerful than a changed mind. I'm going to pray and get into this. Oh, Jesus. God, we thank you for your grace today. Thank you for what you've done in worship, God. Let the words be made flesh. Let it be relevant today, God. Let it be life-changing. Let it be thirst quenching. Let it be mind renewing. Rejuvenate us, God, in Jesus' name. Set us free with your words today. In Jesus' name. And somebody shouted, Amen. Amen. We're going to lean in this morning. You ready, for, you ready to get in your chair and scoot up to the table and eat? I hope you're hungry. Because we're going to lean in. Now listen, I'm going to do this completely backwards. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but I just read that whole scripture, and I'm going to focus on the very last part of that scripture, but I don't know when. It's maybe in a couple weeks, I'm going to go back and talk about the front of that scripture. There's so much rich soil in the front of that scripture, it's unreal. And I'm going to dig into that later, but I got to get into this now. When it talks about fornicators and profane, filthy people who will do just about anything gross 
he illustrates it. Now listen, I didn't write this. I didn't write this. I'm just preaching it. But he illustrates it with a guy named Esau. He mentions fornicators. In the same breath, he mentions Esau. So Esau, if you haven't been raised in church, and some people haven't, and sometimes we, we hear about names, but we don't really know about names. It's not a common name you don't hear much and talked about much. And maybe because of what he's done, nobody really wants to name their kid Esau or name their kid Judas. Hey, come here, Judas. How are you doing today, buddy? You know, nobody wants to name their kid off of something that has been pretty bad. But you don't hear much of it. You hear more about Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac. And Jacob, you hear a lot about Jacob, but you don't hear a lot about Esau. But in all rights, it should have been Abraham, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Esau. Jacob wasn't supposed to be on the list. It was supposed to be Esau who was the heir. And not only the not only the spiritual inheritance of Israel, but the financial benefits of being the grandson of Abraham. It should have fallen on Esau. But throughout history and throughout the word of God, they always refer back to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of A and Jacob. They always refer back. That's the God I serve, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. It shouldn't have been Jacob at all. It should have been, I serve the God of Esau. Mm. I serve the God of Esau. But he was supposed to have all of that from his grandfather, Abraham. It should have fallen on Esau. With that came the property rights of all the land, the goods, the service of spiritual opportunities and influence with God and everything be granted unto him. But Esau lost all of it because he was hungry. He lost all of it because he was hungry. He'd been out hunting all day and he came back hungry and he came back and his brother Jacob had a bowl of soup. Jacob was cooking. Real fast, I gotta say it quick so we can get into it. I hope you're ready. Uh, Jacob and Esau, she didn't even know she was gonna have twins. At the last second, realized she had twins. I don't know how mom don't know she got twins and they're kicking and bouncing. But she's got twins and, and Esau is coming out first but Jacob's got a hold of his heel and coming out with him. And because of the, the rights of being firstborn, even by a second, firstborn was firstborn. You can still see that in, in um, England and everything. If, if, if there was twins, that first one came out is the one that's going to be king or queen. Within seconds, it said that Esau was, um, he was a hunter. He was, he was driven. It said that Jacob was, you know, he, he, he kind of had uh, like an attitude and uh Temperament, that's what they said in the Bible. A temperament. And he came back, he said he was starving. And Jacob's got a bowl of soup. 
He's been making soup. He didn't really want to go out. He never really went out. Brother went out, took care of business. Jacob stayed home. They're only seconds apart. They're twins. A bowl of soup, a bowl of porridge, whatever you want to call it, because he was hungry, Jacob decides he has this bowl. He's been cooking all day. He's like, listen. And there had to have been something because, you know, your, your seconds of coming out and, and inheriting everything, you know, you might feel a certain way. Like, why don't I get anything? And Jacob says, you know what? I'll give you this bowl of soup if you ride over your whole inheritance. Everything. And, you know, I was, he kind well, I was going to say he kind of tricked him. But I, I, think, I think we give Jacob too much credit because Esau was just stupid. You know what I mean? Like, we can't say he tricked him. Uh, you know, let's be fair. I, how about this? Tyree, if I give you my phone, which, you know, it's a pretty good one. I know it's not Apple. It's not the devil's phone. But, um, but if I give you my phone, it's got to be anointed. Um, you know, get... Give me your car, that car, the car you have. Is that a good deal? Just pray about it, though. Um, but if he's like, man, I got to make a phone call. I got to have the phone. I, I got to get on my, my social. I gotta, and he's freaking out. I'm like, I'll give you my phone for your car. And if he does that, um, I didn't trick you. You're stupid. You know what I mean? Like, if you're taking my phone for the car, you're just stupid. <laughs> I didn't trick you. And Jacob's saying, you know what? All of it for this bowl of soup. He's like, okay. I mean, you can't be just starving. You just killed something. You know what I mean? He's a hunter. And he offered him a bowl of soup in exchange for his birthright. His birthright. All the rights and benefits of all the future, the destiny, all compromised in a bowl of soup. And Esau took, he took it not because Jacob was so good at tricking him, but he took it because he was stupid. And because he allowed himself to make a permanent decision on a temporary situation. He allowed himself to do that. What I want to warn you against is making a permanent decision over temporary situations. That, that, I guess that, that's a good place that if, you, if you're taking notes, because that, that gets you into heaven quicker. Uh, you should write, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. That, maybe write that down because uh, hunger will pass, and another uh, and you'll get another opportunity. Uh, frustration can pass, and you'll get another opportunity. Loneliness will pass. Don't sell it off real quick just for a temporary fix to lose it all. Loneliness will pass. You'll get another opportunity. See, but the en enemy offered, and what he tries to do is he tries to offer you a trick. And it's the trick that's not to be glorified. It is the stupidity you have 
to watch out for because if you're not watching out for it, the trick is really not that good when you consider that you are giving away your future. You're giving away the next 30 years for the next 30 minutes. Just a temporary fix and giving away the next 30 years of your life because of it. But what's almost disturbing to me is that Esau, not that Esau did something stupid, because truth be told, and it often is told, all of us in one way or another have done something stupid. We've all had stupid moments. Maybe I'm the only one. Dad, you are too, because you said amen. Okay. <laughs> and, and we've had dumb moments in our lives doing stupid stuff. You know, I mean, I've done some dumb stuff. I, I graduated from stupid university. You know, like, it was bad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. With honors. I made honor roll on that too, though, Dad, so that, that should make you proud. Um, I've sat on the side of my bed and be like, how in the world could I have done something that stupid? What, did I, what am I thinking? I guess I'm the only one, and uh, pray for me. Uh, just doing dumb stuff at times, and we all have done it. doesn't mean that it, there's something that's stupid, but what is disturbing in the text, it's not that Esau did something dumb. I'm not suggesting that my, I guess, stupidity, my own, vindicates his. That, I, that I'm feeling like, well, you know, uh, misery enjoys company, so I'm just, like, enjoying that with him because we've done stupid stuff. High five. Thank you. Uh, it's not even about that. I, I think the point that it's difficult to be, to be human and live a long life and not do something stupid. You know what I'm saying? And not do something dumb that, that what bothers me in this whole thing is is that at times the arrogance that we talk about somebody else and their stupidity and it seems that we have amnesia with our own we talk about everybody else's stupidity can you believe that blah 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 and you just all of a sudden have amnesia about your own stupidity and maybe the stuff you've done in the past Sometimes that can bother somebody. Yeah, and Esau, he, yeah, he did something stupid. And now we've made dumb choices, and sometimes uh, we've had dumb moments, and we've had consequences for our decisions. And there's consequences for our decisions because whether it's, you know, three months later, three years later, nine months later, there's consequences for any of the decisions we have. We all live with the consequences of our own stupidity. What is disturbing to me about this text is it's not the stupidity of Esau, of the decision he made, rather than Esau got, he didn't get his future. The Bible says that he sought repentance with many tears and did not find it. That's disturbing. He was, he was trying to repent with many tears and did not find it. That is a crazy, crazy, and, and, and lost his future. It's so crazy. Not because he did something dumb, but because he was unable to change what he had set in motion over his life. 
He is repenting and crying and did not find it. This is in the book of Hebrews talking about all this stuff. It is not the idea of doing something dumb. Like I said, it's common to all of us. But it's the crisis of being caught in a system of stupidity which you cannot escape from. He sought it with many tears, felt trapped to repent, same mistakes over and over and over again. And he didn't know how to get out of it. The difference between us is not that we haven't done something. We all admitted that we have. We've all said we had. Some of us get stuck on stupid. Anybody ever had that issue or been around people like that? They get stuck on stupid, going around the same kind of person, living, living beyond their means, keep falling prey to the same mistakes in spite of our desire to change it. This is the frustration of life. To desire change, it's not frustrating to be happy to be down under, but to desire change and not be able to obtain it. The scripture says that he sought repentance with many tears and he found it not. He lost his inheritance. And he is scarcely mentioned, he's barely mentioned in the Bible. And he was in the line of lineage of, of greatness and because of his ignorance was cut out. And literally, it's not the God of, of Esau, it's the God of Jacob. He forfeited his greatest moment over a bowl of soup and it enabled him to take on what he was supposed to carry, the correct path. But because he made a dysfunctional decision, it changed his whole entire life. That's what the whole text is about. And I want to focus my attention just for a few minutes about that, about the truth of the matter is all of us get stuck in a pattern. You can go back through, through time and see that people get stuck. You can go back through your life and see. Dumb, dumb junior, dumb, dumb, dumb the third, dumb and dumber. You start, you start noticing all the dumb stuff and the, the, the dumb decisions and all the crazy stuff that, that has gone on. And, and the real funny one, and I don't even know if it's real funny, is the, the decisions people keep making trying to fix something and, and, and it's costing them their life is the one that people have uh, been married four or five times and uh, they keep marrying the same person with a different name. <laughs> it's real funny because you didn't uh, learn the first time you married the first serial killer. <laughs> you were... Uh, Going to marry the next one that acted the same way with just a different name, thinking you were going to change them? You were going to change them? Dumb. <laughs> oh, they just know me. No, you have a bad pattern, and you're just attracted to ignorance. Mm. 
you wore steel-toe boots, you win. <laughs> what I want to focus on is Esau sought repentance, and the word repentance is metanoia. In the Greek word, metanoia means to change your mind. So he sought to have a changed mind with many tears and found it not. <coughs> he sought to change, to have intelligence with, with, with basically to have all this emotion and found it not. He sought repentance and found it not. So what I'm trying to tell you is e emotional response doesn't equal change. People are going, not like this. Have you ever seen that? Emotional response doesn't equal change. When, when you see somebody crying and they tell you, I love you, and they cry, and they're saying it, you, you know that's real. Like, that's, like, man, they're crying and saying how much they love you. I mean, you, you feel that. Anybody else see that and feel that? And that's like, maybe experience that? You're a sucker for tears? <laughs> oh, it's real. And, and maybe it is. You ever seen somebody else get mad? There's two different kinds of mad. There's just, I'm mad, and there's this, I'm crying and mad. You don't want to be around the person crying and mad at the same time. Tears are running down their face, not frontwards, sideways. Nostrils are flaring up. Lip is quivering. You better watch out. Get up out of their path because they're, they're real mad. That's mad mad. They're crying mad. That's the one you don't want to be around. But it's amazing that people, that, that tears are no indication of inner change. Just because you come and you pray and you're crying doesn't mean you've really changed. And, and we see this often. You see those kind of things happen where people cry and they're, you know, uh, it, uh, it wasn't me. I, w I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, I wouldn't do something like that. You know I'm the only one for you. You see people crying and, and you know you're lying right through your teeth. You ever seen somebody cry? Oh, kids do it all the time. And the brother's got busted head and the other kid's holding the whatever. I didn't do it. Oh. And you see adults doing the same. It wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have done anything like that. And you know deep down inside they are lying through their teeth. Mm. See, Esau was rejected. And he found no repentance Though he sought it with tears, diligently, cried out. Metanoia means changing your mind by pivoting directions. If you play basketball, there's got to be a pivot foot, because when you move this foot, and then you go to pivot like this, like James Harden does all the time. When you pivot, somebody's in front of you, you want to change positions, but this foot stays. Changing your mind says you're, you're shifting that pivot. You're, you're locking it in, but you're moving. Changing. A changed mind that 
is a strong pivot in a different direction. A changed mind becomes radical that affects your behavior. And it's not like the, the little, like, you know, God, Father, if I've, if I've done anything, just forgive me. You know, just, you know, if there's anything, God, just forgive me. It's not, it's not that kind of thing. It, it's, those, it's, it's that big stuff. Uh, I'm going the wrong way, God. I'm going. I, ne- I need to flip this whole thing around. I'm, my future. I'm, I'm, sold my, I'm selling the bowl. I'm getting the bowl for, for my inheritance. I, I've messed up, God. You're talking about for real change mind pivoting. Not like, well, if there's anything, God, just, you know, forgive me. No, you're talking about digging deep into it. Digging deep into it. Changing the pivot of your life because what happens is, is too many times we go through stuff and we cry about it and we're saying and we wonder why at times we go back and we're like, I love this experience, <coughs> but when I leave, I still are struggling with stuff. Can I give you a little illustration? I, I might get to dig into this. I'm like rambling here. If you go on your computer and they got a, a spot on it called default settings. So whether it's Microsoft or Apple or whatever program you use, there's a default. The default sets the computer, basically sets the computer with some principles and ideas that which the computer is commanded. It's already preset ideas to help and it's already commanded to do. It does not mean that you cannot function outside of the default. It just means that, every, that even if you derail from the default, the computer will automatically take you back to the default settings. And if you don't want it that way, it's more than changing the font. You have to change the default. Does that make sense? So basically, typing in, there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. You type that into the computer, that's the default. You type that in, that's the default. Now if you want to change that, you have to go to the font and select a different font and it changes. There's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. Now this is as simple as I can get it today. Because you have to change it. And when you change it, everything in there changes with it. So anything I put after a changed mind and continue to go on, it's going to be in that font. Why I'm typing, whatever I'm typing, will always appear in that font. But the reality is, it's in that font because we changed the font, but it hasn't truly changed. It hasn't truly changed. Because the moment you get out of Windows or whatever program you're using and go back again, it will automatically go back to default. It will automatically go back to the original font when you go to start typing on a new deal, new piece of paper. <coughs> and this is how, church, people live their lives. Because their default hasn't changed, their situation hasn't changed. So when they go to church, 
they're changed. Next one. When they go to church, they change their default. Feels good. Woo! In the presence of God. They're around certain people that they're going to be around. They're singing the certain songs. They're getting involved. They're shouting. They're leading. They're serving. Man, they've changed that font to, to fit that, that need today. But when you go back home, it will automatically go back to the default because you didn't change the default. So you wonder why when you experience the presence of God here, and then you go back home and you feel like you're depressed and all the stuff's going on, it keeps going back to default because you've not changed the default. All you've done is change the font in the situation. So good. And you want to hang out with a certain people. And you want to be around them because they help you and they love you. So that changes. So when they're loving on you and you feel good and you feel loved, you feel nice, you, you feel spiritual, feel a little holy. It is Palm Sunday, so we're going to get a little hype. And next Sunday is going to be real hype. I'm going to get that font good. But that's not the problem. The problem is when you go back to yourself, you are stuck in the same pattern that you were before. And you cannot figure out how to break it. You've cried about it. You've, you've tried to repent. You've tried to cry out. You've laid in messy, snotty cry about it. But you still keep going back. You still <coughs> keep dealing with those same situations, those same feelings. You've shouted about it. But you still keep going back. You've even prayed about it. But you still keep going back. You can't figure out how somebody who cried for it, who sang for it, who started going to church on Sundays, why does this keep happening to me? I don't know whose prayer I'm breaking into right now, but I'm breaking into somebody's prayer right now. I'm busting open your prayer life. Because all you got to do is get in there and change the default so everything can change. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you have this, oh, man, I, the, the fonts change, but when I get home, it's still chaotic. There's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. <coughs> nothing. Oh, Lord, I keep going. I keep going through the same thing over and over again. I go to church now. Man, I started tithing now. I started tithing. They said tithing should help. Actually, it does help. Because <laughs> it's your obedience. I shout now. I even serve now. And the Lord told me to tell you today, it's not, the problem's not with your sentence. The problem's with your default. It's not about your sentence. It's with your default today. Until you change your default, you will always go back to being who you were before. Oh, I'm just going through it. Oh, I'm just doing it. Your default has stayed the same. You put on the new font for the situation you're in, and it falls back to default the moment you deal with something. Change the default. It'll change your life. You've never changed the default. If you don't change it, it doesn't change your life. And the crazy thing is you change your friends. You change your address, you can change your phone number, you can change the song you sing, you can change everything else. But if you do not change your mind, 
There is nothing as powerful as a changed mind. Change your default. Whether it's in 12 steps, one step, whatever it takes, change your mind. There are some people in this room right now, right now in this room, that used to be on some crazy drugs, that used to be doing crazy stuff, getting strung out, and purely full-out alcoholic, drinking yourself sober, completely crazy. Used to be. People wouldn't believe who you used to be. Your old friends never thought that you could ever get away from it. But one day, you got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you said, wait a minute, I'm going to change. I've changed my clothes. I've changed my address. I've changed my friends. i got to change my mind. I completely changed. The reason you're not that person you used to be is because you finally got sick of it and said, I changed my default. Because if you don't, you'll change, you'll change the font and come to church and you'll feel this thing and you'll get all emotional and you'll cry and you'll be about it. I'm going to get baptized. But then you still walk out the same way because the moment you leave, you, you go right back to default. The moment you face it, you go right back to default. God is trying to raise up some Christians to get strong. Change your default. Man. Is that good? It's good stuff. You better get on the computer. Woo. Change it. Let me tell you something, if you change your mind, I don't care what comes up against you. I don't care what you fight against. I don't care how big they are. I don't care how tough they are. Because there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. No matter what you face, when you change your mind, touch somebody next to you and say, I changed my mind. Come on, go ahead, touch them. We ain't dealing with COVID, touch somebody. I changed my mind. Don't be afraid. Be high-fiving drunks at the game. Touch somebody at church. Well, they drunk too. Okay, cool. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> change your mind. There's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. And maybe this will set you free. And maybe I have opened up your prayer life and I gave you a nugget to change your life. Well, I keep coming and I keep, well, and I keep, don't stop doing it. Just keep coming back. But do something different. Go into your settings. It might take a minute because you got to find it and you get deep down inside that thought pattern and you start changing it because it will change you from the inside out. If not, you will just change the moment and you'll go back to the same stuff. I'm going to give you an example real quick. Is this good stuff? He's good. He's good. Blake, if you got to take her and whoop, no, I'm playing. <laughs> if you need to get her something, it's cool, bud. She's just mad. Listen, let me tell you something real quick about, uh, about my wife. My wife, uh, we, we would have thought we've been together forever. Ever. But we haven't. Um, I mean, it's going on 19 years. Come on, girl, you know. That's marriage, but, I mean, you count the other stuff. I count it, too. It's important to me, too. Dad, you've learned hard lessons. Okay, cool. Thank you. But I, I would say over 20 years we've been together. Is that weird that I've been with you longer than you even stayed with your own family? 
Weird. Okay. Um, but Jen's talked about a little bit about this, but I, want, I, I need to talk about this. This ain't like Facebook memories. <laughs> but I'm going to bring up your past <laughs> to help somebody's future. Jen used to be in an abusive relationship a long time ago. Long time ago. And she was in a, a bad relationship. The guy was a crack cocaine dealer. He was verbally abusive. He would yell and tell her things. He would threaten to kill her. He was physically abusive. He slapped her around, threw her around. One extreme motion probably was when I think he like threw you in the corner and peed on you and stuff like that, just being real. Like he took advantage of her and just urinated all over her. Didn't care about her, didn't belittled her. You do what I say, you're 103 pounds. I'll slap you around. I would lift more weights than you are. You do what I say, you wear what I, I tell you to wear. You do whatever I tell you to do. And if you don't, I'll kill you. If you don't, I'll do whatever. I'll make you do whatever. I'll throw you in the corner. I'll make you obey me. And Jen was in an abusive relationship like that. Now, you wouldn't even have thought that about her. And she didn't get out of it. Because maybe in the back of her head, some, some thoughts were, maybe he'll change. In the back of her head, some thoughts were, he's going to kill me if I do leave. And so she just kept putting on and deep down inside her soul, I guarantee there was moments of like, I just need a way out, and maybe I, I need something. But she continued to deal with that relationship. She tried to find the best in it, so she would try to change the default. Not the default, she would just try to change the font to fit, to make it feel like it was good. But every time she stepped out and stepped back in, it went right back to default. You're in an abusive relationship. And now you have put yourself in a position because now you're trapped in it, and you don't think you can get any better. And you don't think you can do anything else but stay in this relationship. You know how many people struggle with this right here? I don't know if you're in a room and you've struggled with this or not, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people that struggle with this very thing I'm saying right now. They're trapped in a relationship. And the point I'm trying to make with this is that she submitted to a default. She submitted to him until she changed her mind. She sub submitted to him until the mind changed. Until she said, I'm no longer going to live that way. Until she said, I'm not doing this. You guys hear what I'm saying? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Until you change your mind, you will continue to fall back into the default of the worst case scenario and live in it and think that's what's all you get. But until Jen made the decision in her mind saying, you know what? I don't have to live like this anymore. You know what? I don't have to put up with that anymore. I changed my mind. I changed my default. The devil cannot do anything to you. People can say whatever they want, but they can't do anything. Life can do whatever it tries to do. I don't care how little you are. I don't care how powerful they might think they are. There's something incredible about a changed mind. Because when you change your mind, it does not matter. You step up to the plate and say, no more. You won't do that again. You're not going to do that anymore. A changed mind gets you out of the environment you're in. That's why people keep going back. 
You ever heard of anybody being abused, slapped around, and they keep going back to the same relationship? Because they ain't changed their default. They keep just going back, and they think there's a better day each day. Well, if I just do this and walk on eggshells around them this much, I, I, we won't set them off. You need to set your mind free and get up out of that relationship. Until she changed her mind, she would be trapped in that. But I'll tell you this, the moment she changed her default, she never went back. Not just because of me. I've been with her ever since she changed her default. I was around her when she was with the guy. I was sneaking money in her purse because I was taking care of her while he was being a jerk. Man, love, remember that? That was a long time ago, girl. But the point is, is the moment she did it, guess what else happened? I'm not going to be in that kind of relationship. I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. I quit smoking all those cigarettes. I'm done drinking all that dumb stuff. I'm not going to act like I used to act. I don't have to do anything like that anymore. Because what happened was, unfortunately, something when she was younger took advantage of her at church camp, which changed her default. And all she could think is, that's, what I, that's all I deserve. Because why would an evangelist take advantage of me at camp? You hearing me? And you wonder why she worships the way she worships. You don't know what she's been through. So get crazy for him. He set you free. And why? Because the default <coughs> had to change. I'm not going to fall back in the same type of print. I'm changing the default so when I'm in there, it's going to be the new print. It's going to be the new font, the new season. God is doing a new thing. Change the default. I feel a breakthrough this morning in this room. I'm telling you right now, God's wanting to do something, and it has really tried to, it is unlocking you right now in this moment. You have known there's things that you have been praying about that you've been struggling with and can't get your mind wrapped around it, but we're telling you right now that default has to change so your life will change forever. You don't have to live like that. Why continue? Do it different. Take the extra step to click on the settings and change the default. It's all you got to do. Getting ready to change the default. You just got to get that in your soul. I'm getting ready to change the default. I'm getting ready to change the default. How many are you, how many in here want to change the default? You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting ready to change that default. I got to change the default. I'm not falling back to the same thing. I might have been like that when I came in here. I might have changed my thought when I came in here. But when I leave the day, that default's changed. I'm not that person anymore. It will stay that way now. I will choose to live that way now. That's what repentance is, a new normal, a new default setting. That's what repentance is. Man, he said he sought repentance and found it not even with lots of tears. Because why? You can't just try to change everything off an emotional state. It has to change, and the reason it didn't change is because he was so easy to get rid of his inheritance that there was no default change. He just felt bad because he lost it. And then we're crying about it, but until it changes, something is just going to continue to unravel that you can't ravel back. I'm falling forward. I'm not going to fall back to those old patterns. I'm not going to fall back to those old settings. Come on, church. I'm not going to fall back to those old patterns, those old settings. And maybe you're, you're like, hey, the whole family's been in that old default their whole life. 
I'm ready to change that default. I don't have, my family don't have to be in that default anymore. They don't have to. I don't, I don't care if my last name is that. That's not who I am. I change my default. Just because so-and-so does what they do in my family doesn't make it me. I change my default. I'm changing the settings. I don't care. I'm going to start changing it. I don't care if mama goes. If mama doesn't go, I'm going to the house of the Lord. If daddy don't go, I'm going to help mom. When you gave your heart to the Lord and dad didn't want to go to church, you took us to church. And dad was acting stubborn because his default was still stuck on stupid. And so he didn't go. Was that not the truth, dad? It was the truth. Sit down. So <laughs> that's the truth. But until dad's default changed, he didn't go. But when it changed, guess where we're going Sunday morning? With or without you? Actually, with you because you're going anyway. You're going to the house. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Default change. Well, you know, they're just tired today. Just going to let them sleep. Now get your butt up. You up all night playing video games. We're going to church. You live in this house? That's what we do. You want to not go? Live somewhere else, sucker. Pay your bills. Buy those things. But the default has to change. Don't reset your kids' as default, thinking you got to over-justify everything. What are you doing? You're setting them up for failure. Man, change the default. There's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. There's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. As long as you're programming with what you can't do and what you can't be and what you can't have, you'll never get up. You keep programming with all the stuff you're lacking, you'll never get up. You'll never achieve it. It'll never be. It's just, well, it's just what it is now. Just going to be that. No, 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 no. No, there's more to it. He wants you to change. I'll, tell, I'll say it like this. I dare you to change your mind. I dare you to do it. Back in the day when somebody dared somebody, you'd be like, oh, no, you didn't dare me. Double dog dare you. You chicken? You yellow? No. <laughs> but I dare you to do it. Change your default. Watch what happens. We're going to lose. You have everything to gain. You have everything to gain. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not yours anyway. That God is in control. Let him stay in control. Change your default. I will not die in my default of my flesh. I will not die a crackhead. I will not die a drunk. I will not die a, 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 an alcoholic, a, a druggie. I will not let that person abused me. You see what I'm saying? you got to believe this in yourself. You will not abuse me again. You will not do that to me again. I change my mind. I change my default. It ain't happening. I will not let depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide grip me again. I change my default. you got to change it because if you don't change the default, you will continue to run your mind over and over with the things you've always used to run your mind over and over with. Run it on the things of the Lord. Let it renew your mind. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The world cannot hold me. It tries to hold me hostage. I stand on the gospel. Just because you stand on it doesn't mean you're really standing on it. But you're standing on it is right here. Ooh, I'm sweating. 
Why? It didn't work for, for the guy. He just... Because he sought a changed mind with emotions. So he gives a lot of emotions. Let me tell you, sometimes that's better than, than emotions, better than a strong emotions, better than strong emotions. What's definitely better than strong emotions is a strong decision. A strong decision. Again, I dare you to make a decision today. I don't, I don't think this is not even about you choosing Christ or not. This is about you choosing your mindset. I believe you love Jesus, but I just believe that your mindset keeps falling you back into your old patterns as you try to walk out your life with Jesus. And until you change that, you will continue to lack. There's so much more he wants to give you. There's an inheritance he wants you to receive if you change your mindset. But if not, you'll keep on just sitting back eating that bowl of soup all day long. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't eat the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. After a while, it's going to get sick. The decision might not even have any emotion with it. There might not even be any emotion. Can I say this? You guys got somewhere to be? I'm almost done. Well, it says it's 11:30. Whatever. Um, <laughs> hallelujah. The prodigal son was in a hog pen. Hear me. I got to. I got to tie this all together. The prodigal son was in a hog pen, surrounded by swine. And eating that which the pigs ate. You know you're at your lowest end when you're sitting in there playing with the pigs, eating the food. Yeah. And suddenly, say suddenly, the Bible says he came to himself. Was he in there? Oh, I can't believe it, Lord. Oh, somebody's hair, sorry. Just playing. I just made you sick. Awesome. Fast today. And suddenly, he wasn't crying, there was no emotion. Suddenly, he came to his senses. He made a decision in that moment without any emotion. I'm not saying emotion's not good because God gave us emotion. I'm just saying if you don't change your mind, you can cry about it all you want, but it ain't going to change. A good parent can look at a child and say, you can cry about it all you want. What I said is what I said. <laughs> but daddy, ah. and then you, you, you know, they give you that look and you're just, you got to walk away, I told you. But you got to hold strong to what you say. It said he came to his senses. He didn't change his clothes. He didn't change anything else. All he did was change his mind. The, the pigs couldn't hold him. The pen couldn't even hold him. The disgrace couldn't hold him. The embarrassment couldn't hold him. The embarrassment church couldn't hold him. I dare you to change your default. I changed my mind. He comes to his senses. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I don't care if you don't like it. I changed my mind. I don't care if you don't understand it. I changed my mind. It's my prerogative. I was just going back. But I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Once you change your default settings, 
to the new normal, here's what happens. This is how the enemy tries to work. I got to tell you the other side of this so we can be done. When you change it to the new normal, you change it. Now it's all about who God is. It's all about the new setting of just walking in, in, in the spirit of the Lord. At times, what, what the enemy wants to do is have you start typing in your old font. You know, what if you just use that font again? Remember that font? Remember when that, that one moment? And it tries to get you in that old font again. And you find yourself typing in the old font. And the devil will come alongside of you and whisper in your ear, you, you haven't been changed. You ain't changed. Look at you writing in that font. Look at you back in that same pattern. But I want to help you out here today, church. The devil will try to do whatever he can. This is how you know you've been changed. It's not that you might not mess up or do something you used to do. It's just that you no longer is your normal. It's no longer your normal. And when it's no longer your normal, you won't go back to it like you used to. Because the moment you get out of the situation, you change back into who you're supposed to be. It's your new normal. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you get back to it, you start walking it out because you're like, I, I can't live like that. Hold on, I've changed that. Even though I'm, I'm dabbing in my old font, the moment you step away from it, guess what happens? It re defaults to who you are. Both the pig and the sheep fall into the same mud. But the difference is, is the default. The pig's default is to like the mud. The sheep's default is saying, I don't belong here. I don't, what, the, the prodigal son sitting in the mud, this little lamb sitting in the mud, I don't belong here. What am I doing here? The pig's wallowing and eating and just enjoying. The, the default of the pig is, I belong here, eat up. The sheep saying, I don't belong here. I might be in this mess. I don't belong here. I might be in it, but I got to get up out of here. The sheep will cry. The sheep will scream and yell and fight because it does not belong in the mud. Ah, ah, ah. It will fight and put a sheep in the mud and watch what happens. It will scream and fight and yell until somebody comes and pulls that sheep up out of that mud. It does not belong there. Here we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. And once you change your default settings, life might make you worry sometimes. But if you don't change your settings, see, listen, when you change it, faith will rise up and drive your worry away and say, wait a minute. But God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, all I may ask or even think. Wait a minute. Faith will stand up and say, don't you know the Lord didn't bring me this far just to leave me right here in this mud? That's what faith will do when you change your default and you find yourself trying to dip in the old ways. No, faith will cry out with you. Wait a minute. You're better than this. Wait a minute, you don't belong here. Wait a minute. Don't you know God brought you too far? For you to just die in this mess? Wait a minute. It's not that we don't get dealing with 
anxious thoughts and stuff like that. It's not that we don't get discouraged. It's not that we don't fall into sin at times. And it's, it's tempted to us, and so some people fall into it. But we don't waller in it. We don't get laying in it and change everything. And wait a minute. Oh, hold on. woo Change that. What it boils down to is the battleground between God and the enemy. Between right and wrong, between success and struggle, between destiny and destruction, it boils down is the fight in your mind. Because your mind and your default settings, it's all about what you're going to think about. As a man thinks, so is he. That's what the Bible says. As someone thinks, so they are. If you don't change your head, your default settings, you won't be able to change your life. But when you do, it will change your life. That's why in that paper as you leave, it just says, new mind, new you. New you. And this applies to everything. This, I don't care if you're trying to lose weight. Until you default and change your mind, you ain't going to lose weight. You're just going to complain about it and barely do it. And not, until you change and for, for real dedicate yourself to it, you won't do it. I don't care if it's about getting a job and really finding that job until you change your default. You won't go in and really dig in and get it and work and quit, quit thinking that it's everybody else's fault that why you don't get what you did and you've had 15 jobs. How's that everybody else's fault? You're the common denominator. Got quiet, sorry. Um, whether it's being faithful or committed, I don't care if it's being honest and true. When you change it, everything changes. It changes everything up. See, I use Jen as the illustration because no matter what anyone said, she went back to her environment. Oh, you shouldn't be with that guy. Or she probably had friends that were saying that. Why were you still with him? Until she changed her mind, she was still going back to it. <laughs> oh, you beat me last night, but I'm going to stay all night again tonight. Oh, where do you want to go eat dinner? You know what I mean? Like what, until her mind changed, she was still skittish and defaulted back to the problem. But when she changed her mind, there ain't no dinner. There ain't no nothing. I'm out of here. You got to go. I found a better man. You got, <laughs> that's right, girl. You better say amen to that. <laughs> but, but until she did, she kept going back. She kept going back to the same environment. But when she changed it, everything changed. Until one day, she said, you know what, I'm changing my mind. I'm no longer held captive by that. I'm not that person. And, and understand that, like, he's not going to do that to me. Understand that he is, is understand the sin. Understand about weakness and wickedness and debt and ignorance. Understand about, about even reading. You know, people struggle with, do you know how many people struggle to read? Until you, yes, Lord, until you, until you change that, you got to understand that you can. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can overcome that. It's in everything. Understand that about uh, anything in your life. Whatever's terrorizing your life, whatever fear grips you, you can change your default. He's stronger in you than anything that you're dealing with. I'm going to have the worship team come up, and we're going to just... I'm going to switch gears in this. I hope this has been good today. 
I, I, I hope it has. Listen, the devil don't, can I say something real quick and then we got to go. The devil doesn't mind that you come to church. Welcome home. The devil doesn't mind, I was like, I didn't realize the worship team was like 15 people. The, <laughs> the devil doesn't mind that you go to church. He doesn't even mind that you sing in church. He doesn't mind that you clap your hands. The devil doesn't even mind if you preach. The devil doesn't mind if you shout all over this church, fall out, and do some crazy stuff. He doesn't mind about that. But the one thing the devil does mind is if you change your mind. He does mind about that. He, he does not want you to change your mind and change your default. If you guys are stand with me, I'm going to transition and pray. I don't know if you realize this, but culture programs our defaults. Let me say that again. Culture programs our defaults. Our environment, associations, the fact that we were born in sin, we have a tendency to be defaulted to the corruption because we were born in it. Our circumstances all around us affect our defaults. The culture is nothing over Christ, church. Culture is nothing over Christ. Culture is a agricultural term, which simply means that which is planted will, has been encouraged to grow in that environment. And some things have been planted in you that have been encouraged to grow. That can go good or bad. The question is, are you willing to allow the new truth be planted in place of the past experiences? And by that, change your mind. Or will you imprison your life and your future for the ignorance of the worldly default you surround yourself with? Esau wanted his birthright. He never got it back because he was unsuccessful in changing his mind. He never got it back. So anything you focus your mind on, you can change. Esau lost his inheritance. He lost his future. He lost it all. He was set to be the lineage of greatness, the God of Esau, but he didn't. He died in that lineup of just mediocre, faded out, not because he wasn't set for success, but he died a fool because he refused to change his mind. I guess the, 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 the statement is, listen, and people struggle with this. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to be a failure. You don't have to be anything you don't want to be. If you ever decide to change your mind, you can cry all night. It's not going to change anything. You can lay this Bible on your forehead all night and just pray to God that that might help you. That's not going to change anything. 
That won't change anything. But until you change your default, nothing else will happen. I want to have you bow your heads. I want to pray. And I'm going to open these altars up. And then we're going to leave. This is the moment that really reaches the soul. This moment is the game changer, church. See, the altars are for us in this place where we change the default settings. That's what the altars are for. It, it pivots us to change our default settings, to develop a new normal, to attack old patterns, break down old systems. I know that there's people in this room that are trapped. They're stuck. They're stuck. They're broke. They're stuck. Tricky and scams and all the other stuff. They're dealing with depression. They're stuck. Stuck on bad choices. Stuck on lust. Stuck. Stuck and controlled. They want to change. They really want to change. They cry about it. They feel guilty. But today, today is the day you choose to change your default. I change the way I think. I change my direction. I change my life. See, listen, conviction of the Holy Spirit basically is that nagging voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you're going the wrong way, church. You're going the wrong way. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is that what gives you the power to change. I don't want anybody to come up to this altar that is not being convicted and wooed by the Holy Spirit. This is not an emotional pull. This is I'm changing my default from what I am. I don't care if what you do. I want to make it real clear to you. We're going to spend a few moments. This could be your defining moment by stepping forward into this area. I don't care if you serve. I don't care if you're on staff at this church. I don't care if the drums are played. I don't care if the worship team's not up here. I don't care who's in the sound booth. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what your influence is. Until you change your mind, you will continue to live that way. But I don't care who you are. If you need to come up here and make that declaration, I'm changing my defaults, then you walk up here and you change it and let the Holy Spirit woo you to the altar. I know you got stuff to do today. I know it's beautiful outside, but this is the defining moment that will change the next 30, 40 years of your life if you allow it to happen. I've dug into your prayer life. I've put it in there. Now all you have to do is respond. We're going to sing, these altars are open, and then I'm going to pray and dismiss us. This is between you and God. You're taking the step forward to say, I'm changing my default. You are standing with me saying, I choose to change my default. You're standing with me and saying, there's nothing as powerful as a change mind. I dare you, I double dog dare you to get up here and change your default so that you can live this full life and that this Easter service that we're about to experience is going to be the greatest service that we've ever seen. Change your default. Come on, his name is...